Thanks for joining us here at New Song Church, where we're helping people to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. If you have any questions at all, or just want to learn more about us as a church, you can go to mynsc.org happenings. It's the best way to stay connected with us throughout the week. And now, check out this week's sermon. Let's just jump right into the message. And I just, I just want to start off with a question. Have the storms or, or waves of life just ever came crashing over you? You know, the waves where you just feel like you can't get your feet under you, where no matter how hard you try, it, it, you just can't catch your footing and it feels like you're stuck in the same place and you're just getting trampled and knocked down. I remember one time for uh, Sierra and I, we were in Florida and if you know in Florida, the waves just, they don't stop. They just crash and crash and crash. And I remember we were at this particular part with a sandbar. And uh, so we could walk out for a long, long time. Like we could walk out for forever, um, or though it felt like. And so I remember one time uh, at one point looking at the pier and I just looked over and I was like, Okay, we're kind of far out here, but it's kind of fun because the waves are huge out here, so we're just going to stay. So, <laughs> like we did, we were jumping over the waves, jumping over the waves, and then all of a sudden, we realized we had drifted from the sandbar. And so when we tried to put our foot down, we just, we couldn't catch our footing. There, there was no ground. We were in deep, deep Water And here the waves are just crashing over us, crashing over us. And if you know me, I'm only five foot eight, so I could not touch the bottom even if it was little water, all right? So I just, I just could not catch my footing. And at one point, Sierra's like, like freaking out. She's like, ah, like we're not going to make it back. Like this is the end for us. Like this is the end. And I'm like, I'm like trying to be an encouragement for her. So I'm like, we got this. I'll make sure you make it to the surface. Meanwhile, in my head, I'm like, I can't even touch the ground. What am I going to do? So I get to, so basically to make a long story short, we get to, um, we end up drifting back, thankfully by the grace of God, to the sandbar. And I'll tell you what, there was no greater relief than putting our feet on that sandbar because even though the waves were still coming, we had something to stand on. And I think if, you see, no matter what Sierra and I did in this situation, we weren't able to catch our footing. It was cool to be jumping out in the waves until the waves started to overcome us. It was cool to be out there jumping, but when they started to overcome us, it was scary. The bigger the waves got, the scarier for us, the more helpless we felt. And there's a story in the Bible where the disciples really got caught up in some huge waves and they didn't know what to do. And, and so today we're going to be in uh, Mark 4. And so if you have your Bible, go ahead and turn there. But if not, it'll be up on the screen. And and basically, let me just set, set the setting for you. So they were caught in this huge storm, and, and if you don't know, it was in the Sea of Galilee. And the Sea of Galilee was the lowest, was the lowest sea, sea level and was surrounded by mountains, which created the perfect atmosphere for a storm. The perfect atmosphere for a storm. And so we, we're going to pick it up in Mark 4.35, which says, That day when evening came, he said to his disciples, Let us go over to the other side. And leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There was also other boats with him. A furious squall came up, and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. 
Jesus was in the stern sleeping on a cushion and the disciples woke him and said to him, teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up, rebuked the wind and the waves, quiet, be still. Then the winds died down and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? And they were terrified and asked each other, who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. You see in this passage, the disciples are just thinking they're going to the other side, but what they don't know scares them so much that they wake up Jesus who is sleeping. It always amazes me that the storm was so fierce, yet Jesus was sleeping. Like it was, it was big enough for the disciples to be freaking out and yet Jesus was just there sleeping. It's because Jesus knew that no matter how big the storm got, they were gonna be okay. And today, I wanna give you that confidence in the middle of your storm as well. And so today, I just wanna give you three keys to remember in the storm. I'm a youth pastor, so I, I like to give three simple things all the time that the teenagers can remember, and I wanna do the same thing for you today. So if you, if you have notes, jot this first one down. Remember, storms of life will come. Remember, storms of life will come. You see in verse 37, it says, a furious squall came up and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. You see, when thinking about what to talk about, um, I really felt like God just put on my heart what to do in the middle of the storm. You see, a lot of times people and, and pastors, they always give you and, and let you know about the great victories they have, but they don't really tell you what to do in the middle. And what you do in the middle is probably the biggest part of the whole storm. And so one thing I noticed in this passage is that it talks about a furious squall appearing. The storm came out of nowhere and the disciples weren't in any way prepared for it. It always amazes me that the, the disciples thought that this was a furious storm because they're fishermen, like They've experienced their fair share of storms out on the waters, but this one was different. This one was a furious squall. You see, they, they, were, they were here shaking in their boots, but they're, they've been experienced in the storms. You know why? It's because they weren't prepared for this one. They weren't prepared for this storm. And maybe a literal storm hasn't appeared out of nowhere in your life, but maybe your storm is a loss of a job. Maybe for others of you, it's a broken marriage. Maybe for others of you, it's a bad doctor's report. Maybe for others of you, it's just financial troubles. And maybe for some of you, it's your storm is a miracle that you've been praying for for so long that God hasn't answered. What do you do when you're caught in the middle of a storm. You see, no matter what your storm may look like, we've all experienced them. And let's be honest, the ones that, litter, that are the hardest are the ones you don't see coming. You see, Mike Tyson, everybody probably knows this quote. It's like a really famous quote, but it's one of my favorite quotes. And it says, it isn't the hardest, always the hardest punch that knocks you out. It's the one you don't see coming. And I think if we're honest in our lives, it isn't always the hardest storm that takes us under. It's the one we're not prepared for. 
And so if we're gonna survive the storms of life, we have to be prepared for them because they're going to come. They're guaranteed to come in this life. And when I think of this concept, I think of a weather, a weather radio. And I know some of you are probably shocked that I know what this is, but I was like five when they went extinct, so I had a few years. <laughs> now it's just on your phone. But what does a weather report do, weather radio do? It warns you of the storm coming. It blasts these sirens. I remember it's like, uh, uh, so annoying, but it warns you of the storm. And so this job, its job is just to warn you of the storm that's coming. And you can hear the storm and the siren, you can hear the sirens all day, but if you don't have an emergency plan in place, the weather radio is worthless. And it's the same thing in our walk with Christ. When the storms of life hit, if we're not in tune with our emergency plan, the storms are gonna take us out. If we're not in tune with this, the storms are gonna take us out. If we're, not, if we're not sitting there reading the word of God, if we're not praying, if we're not in communication, how are we gonna know when the storms are, what, what to do in the storms of life if we're not even in tune with the thing that tells us? And so, you know, you can hear the sirens all day, but if you're not in tune with the plan, it's gonna cause you to freak out. All right, it makes me think of uh, my wife. She's a planner. I'm not. And I learned real quick in marriage that wives make calendars that men have to read. <laughs> Sierra does this thing where she'll like color code it to the activity. She'll put the time on our calendar. She has the plan down. You know what the problem is? I don't read the plan a lot. And... I'm never prepared for what we're supposed to be doing, or I don't put it on the calendar and she's not prepared for what we're supposed to be doing. You see, I love that my wife's a planner, but whenever I don't read the plan, I'm not, I'm not ready for what's, what we're about to do. <laughs> I got an amen from a, a wife, apparently, so. Um, but... The problem is when I don't look at the calendar, I don't know the plan, and I'm not prepared for the things we have to do. But it's the same thing with our walk with Christ. God has already given us the plan, but if we're not reading it, we're not gonna be prepared. The plan's right here, front to back, the plan. But if you're not in tune with this, or with this, you're not gonna be ready for your storm. Write this next one down. Remember, God cares. You see, in Mark 4.38, it says, Jesus was in the stern sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, teacher, don't you care if we drown? And maybe for some of you, you've been praying for something for so long and you're just at the point where you're like, God, I mean, just be honest with me. Do you even care? God, do you even care I lost my job? Like, I've been praying for one. I've, I've been praying for another job and I've put my application in, but I'm just not getting anything back and do you even care about it? Maybe for others of you, it's my marriage is falling apart. God, do you even care that my marriage is falling apart? God, I've, I've read all the books. I've, I've, I've listened to all my friends' advice. 
but God, my marriage is still falling apart and I'm wondering if you even care. Maybe for some of you, it's God, do you even care if I'm not, that I'm not being healed? God, I've, I've went to all the doctors and they've given me all this medication, but it's not working and I've prayed to you, but it just hasn't happened. And so I'm just wondering, do you even care? Maybe for others of you, it's, God, do you care that my finances are falling apart? Like, God, I've picked up the overtime. I've got another job. I've done my part. Why aren't you doing yours? Do you even care? And, and maybe for others of you, it's simply, God, do you even care about me? Like, God, I've prayed for forever to you, and, and, and I, I've, I've loved you my whole life, but God, I'm not really feeling the love back. Do you even care about me? And let me just say, this is a very valid feeling. It's okay to feel like that. You just can't stay there. You just can't stay there. This feeling is one that we begin to think at our lowest moment or when we feel as though God isn't doing what we think he should be doing. Don't miss that. What we think he should be doing. This feeling is a question of desperation. It's a, a feeling of doubt. It's a question of, you know, God, do you even care? You see, the disciples had seen Jesus perform miracles, and yet they were worried about the storm. Jesus had performed so many miracles. He healed the blind. He casted out demons in front of them. And yet here they are stuck in the storm and they begin to forget all the times that God had performed other miracles. I think if we're honest, sometimes we can get so concerned about the storm that we forget what God's done in the past. You see, Sierra and I have been going through a storm of our own and not to get into too many details, but we got a bad report a few months ago. And I remember driving in the car and Sierra said, there's so many more people in the world, so many more prayer requests. Does God even care about mine? Is mine too little for him to answer? And to be honest, in this moment, I was just as broken as she was. And, but I remember the Holy Spirit speaking to me and reminding me that, and I, and I asked her this, I said, if we weren't in a storm, would we say God is good? And she said, well, yeah, yeah, we'd say God is good. And I said, well, even though we're in a storm, God is still good right now. And to be honest, that's something that we've clung to for months. It's something that when we're feeling low, we have to remind ourselves of and to be honest, we're, we're like in so much better of a place because of that statement. Because we've realized that even if we don't get what we want, God is still gonna be good. God still cares about me just as much as he did even, if, um, even when he doesn't do it. God still cares about me enough to do it, yes, but he cares about me enough to just love me through it even if he doesn't. And so... You see, in this instance, Sierra and I had forgotten what God had done for us in the past. 
we have lost focus on who God truly is. And I think if you'd be honest, you'd say the same thing. You've done the same thing before. Maybe it doesn't look like what it looked like for Sierra and I, but your own version. When we have these points in our lives where we can't control the outcome, we start forgetting what God has already done. We start forgetting all the times these came through. I mean, it, it, it take, I think about little things in my own life, like, do I have food? Yes, I'm well fed. Do I, have how, do I have a house that I get to come home to every day? Yes. Do I have a, a, a beautiful wife that, that I couldn't ask for more? Yes. Do I have a, a, a dog that even if he's annoying, he still brings joy to my life? Yes. It's the little things. And I promise you, if you remember the little things, they'll make the big things so much smaller. But you have to remember that God cares for you. You see, we, when, when Sierra and I lost our focus, we started to realize that God does care about our situation and it may not be happening when we want it to, but he still cares about us. And we started focusing on God still being good even when we don't get what we want. And we realized that even though God may not be doing what we want, he still cares about us. And I don't know who, for, for who, I don't know who this is for today, but Maybe you just need to hear it from someone that God loves you and he cares about you. That you may have forgotten what he's done for you, but I promise you he hasn't forgotten about you. You may have forgotten what he's done for you, but he hasn't forgotten about you. You're going to make it through your storm. It may not happen and like you want it to. It may feel like you're stuck in the middle, but whenever you're feeling that way, just rest on Isaiah 43, 2, whenever it says, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. When you're going through a storm, God's right there with you. The question is, do you have enough faith to believe that he'll provide what you need? Maybe for some of you, it's maybe you just need to ask yourself, do you know that God cares for you so much that even if you have to wait for the miracle, you will still be able to praise him even in the waiting? There's so much power in praising in the waiting. You see, what Sierra and I have been praying for hasn't happened yet, but you know what we're doing? Praising in the waiting. When we pray about it, thank you, God, for what you've already, what we know you're already doing. God, thank you that even if we can't see it, you're still caring for us in other ways. And really the biggest prayer is, God, even if you don't do it, we're still grateful. And I think when you reach that point, there's so much freedom because you're allowing, you're, you're, you're leaning on God instead of leaning on yourself. You've reached the point of, God, I know I can't do it, so I need you. But even if you don't, you're still worthy of my praise. If there's one thing I know, this is the last, uh, this is the last thing, and here's the last thing to remember. Remember, God's already working out what you're worried about. 
God's already working out what you're worried about. And it says in verse 39, he got up, rebuked the wind and said to the waves, quiet, be still. Then the wind died down and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. Even the wind and the waves obey him. I think a key part of this passage is that Jesus didn't ask, what are you afraid of? He didn't ask what. Jesus asked, why are you afraid? You see, Jesus already knows what you're afraid of, but he just wants to know why. Because like I said earlier, the disciples had already seen Jesus perform so many miracles and yet a little testing of their faith happened and they crumbled. And Jesus didn't ask what, he asked why. And I would ask the same thing for you today. Why are you afraid? Why? Are you afraid because you don't fully trust God? Are you afraid because you're unsure if he'll come through? Maybe for some of you, you're afraid because you feel like he hasn't came through in the past, so why would he come through now? You're afraid of him not coming through for you. You're afraid because you think the waves are gonna take you under. So I ask you again, why? Why are you afraid? In Mark 4.35, it says, that day when evening came, he said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side. You see, Jesus told them, let us go over to the other side. It, this wasn't a question. This wasn't like, all right, fellows, let's see if we can make it to the other side. Like that wasn't what was happening. It was a statement. And you know why Jesus could be so calm in the middle of the storm? Because he knew they were gonna make it. He had full confidence that they were gonna make it to the other side. And so I would ask the, the same question to you. If the God who created you promised that he would work all things for the good of those who love him, why are you afraid when you're caught in the middle? Why? You see, it says it right in Romans 8.28 when it says, and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Jesus is already working behind the scenes and you may not even know it. This storm wasn't meant to take you down. This storm was meant to take you to the other side. It wasn't meant to take you down. It wasn't meant to take you out. It was meant to take you to the other side. You see, behind the scenes, God is working. And I always think about, um, if any of you have ever been to a play, they're doing things behind the scenes that you have no idea about. But when they open the curtains, it's this beautiful production. And just because God hasn't revealed the full production to you, doesn't mean he's not setting it up behind the curtain. God's working. He's working in your waiting. He's right there with you. The question is, are you gonna trust him enough that he's gonna come through for you? Whenever I think about this, I think of Psalm 46, one through three, whenever it says, God is our refuge and strength and ever present help in trouble. You see, if you don't realize that God's with you, the rest of the verse means nothing to you. But when you realize that God is with you, he's right there in the storm with you, that he's right there to help you, 
then we can move on whenever it says, therefore, we will not fear, though the earth gave, give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. Just because you may not be able to see God working in the storm doesn't mean he's not working. Just because you can't see it doesn't mean he's not working. It just, mean he, it just means he hasn't revealed it to you yet. And I think if we're all honest, God's working in all of our lives in different ways. And sometimes we just can't understand, we don't understand how he's working, but we know that he is. And you see, for me, this is, this is near and dear to my heart because I went through this exact situation a year ago where I just felt like, God, you're not doing what I want. And I don't understand. You see, a little backstory is a year ago, I was a CNA. And all respect to CNAs, but I hated that job. I did not like that job. It wasn't what I wanted to do. Like through COVID, I kind of got pushed into it um, because like it was just the normal progression in the place I worked. And so I did not like that job. And to be honest, I was doing a normal job and I was volunteering, uh, leading the youth ministry at my dad's church. And so I remember thinking like every night, every Sunday night when I got done, I wish I could just do this all the time. I wish that I didn't have to go to my normal job. I wish that I could just do what I was called to do full time. And so a little, a few, like a month goes, I mean, um, so sorry, I missed a part. Um, I, have, I even put my application out for other jobs. Like I, there's like uh, this like pastor's website and I put my resume on there because I was like trying to make it happen myself. And for some reason, every single time that I tried to put my application out, it was never what I wanted. Like people were interested, but it wasn't for what I felt like I was supposed to do. So I eventually took off my resume. And I was like, you know what? It's not the right time. So then I switched gears into, well, if it's not ministry, I just want to get out of this job. So I put my application out for a secular job and I got it. But something inside of me was like, it still isn't what you're supposed to do. And so this is embarrassing to say, but um, I literally just ignored them until they literally sent me a text and said, if you don't respond to this message, we know that you don't want the job. And so that was the easy, easy thing to do. So I just didn't text them back and they never called me back. But a month later from that, we were coming to Blueberry Festival. My parents had said like, hey, we're parking at P like Pastor Justin's house. And I'm like, okay, like that's cool. So we get there and we go inside and I'm like, all right, this is kind of like, we were close, but like, I was like, I thought we were going to Blueberry and we're going inside of his house. So I was a little confused. And then we were about to leave. My parents like, all right, I'm li we're leaving. Like we're going. And uh, Pastor Justin said, hey, Kelvin and Sierra, I want you to stay behind. And we're like, we don't even live here. So there's no way we can be in trouble. So we're like trying to figure out what's going on. And um, basically Pastor Justin said, you're very valuable to us. We wanna offer you a full-time internship. We don't have a ministry spot available, but I'm confident that we will have one for you. 
if you just take the step. And so um, basically from there, they were like, here's the catch. You have to put your two weeks in on Monday and try to move down here as fast as you can. And I'm like, okay. So I put, so we left and of course they said, pray about it. We're like, I don't even think we got down the block and we told him yes, because little did he know, I'd been telling Sierra, if I could work at New Song, that would be perfect for me. But there was nothing available. And so I go and, and I text him back yes, and I start and I literally drove here every day besides the weekend for like months because there was nothing available for housing. And one day PJ pulled me in the office and he said, hey, I want you to know we actually hired you as a full-time intern because Pastor Josh is leaving and we want you to take the spot. God's working and you're waiting. I was miserable at my other job, miserable, but God was working in the waiting. And little did I know, God's timing was even more perfect because Pastor Justin said, hey, like we wouldn't have hired you if you weren't getting married because like it's very important for a youth pastor to have a wife that can um, mentor girls and then I would mentor the guys. And God was working even in that because a month after I got hired as the youth pastor, we got married because God's timing was perfect. And I cannot be more grateful for what God did behind the scenes for me. Was it terrible for, for a long time? Yes. But God was working in my waiting. And he's working in your waiting too. He's working in your waiting. You just don't see it. And so as I close, I just want to ask you a question. What's the thing you've been asking God for that hasn't happened yet? What's that thing in your life that you've been going to God and, and you're on the verge of losing hope in God doing if he doesn't do it soon? What's the thing that maybe you're just wondering, God, do you even care? Like, God, I've been praying for this for a long time. Do you even care about me? What's that thing? And if any of those questions apply to you, if you feel like you're stuck in the middle of a storm, I just wanna let you know that God does care about you, that he loves you, that he's there for you in the middle of the storm even when you can't see it. God's working your situation out for good. We just have to be patient. We just have to learn a little patience. And the biggest thing is we have to trust that God is good even when we don't see it. You see, it would have been so easy for me to take another job because like months before I ever got offered this job, that's whenever I started putting out my application. It would have been so easy to just be like, God, you're not doing anything, so I'll make it happen. But when I waited in the middle of my storm, God created an ending that I will forever be grateful for. Why? because God is still working even in my waiting. God was working even in my waiting. And so I'm gonna ask everyone to stand up and just bow your heads. And if as I've been talking, if what I said resonated with you, if, if you're just caught in the middle of a storm, I just want you to raise your hand and I wanna pray for you because I know how it feels 
And I know, but I also know that God knows your situation and he's already working even when you can't see it. He's a God who loves and cares for you. But most importantly, he's a God that hasn't forgotten about you. And so if that's you, just go ahead and raise your hand. Yeah, hands going up all across the room. You can put your hands down. So what I wanna do next is I just wanna pray for you. And so God, I just wanna thank you for the honesty of our church family. God, I wanna thank you that they were honest enough to say, you know what, God, I am struggling in the waiting. And God, I pray over these church members, I pray that you will give them a peace beyond understanding that God, you're gonna work in their situation and that God, you're gonna help whatever they have been praying to come to pass. But God, we don't want it on our timing, we want it on yours. So God, we thank you for your faithfulness. We thank you that you love us. We thank you that you care about us. And most importantly, we thank you that you haven't forgotten about us. God, I pray that as each and every one of these church members goes throughout the next few weeks, that God, they will just cling, that you're still good even in the waiting. God, I thank you for each and every one of these, um, these church members, and I thank you for their honesty. In Jesus' name, amen. As a church, it's our honor to play a small part in what God is doing through your life, and we would love to continue on that journey with you. To find out what your next steps could be in your relationship with Christ, all you have to do is go to mynsc.org contact. Thank you to all of you who consistently give, serve, and pray. You are the ones who God is using to make a difference in our community as we live out our mission of leading people to become fully devoted followers of Christ. Thank you for watching. We hope you tune in next week.